Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Miles, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Uh, I feel like my luck has, has run out after several weeks of me dodging the bullet of having to talk about the roughly 7 million mysteries that appear to be arriving this fall i have now had to watch and talk about one so. i'm so sorry H- how's the cat at your feet uh he's actually at a box behind me so this is just a, a heads up to all you listeners out there if you hear like a weird bell sound in the background it's because baker woke up his new favorite thing is to sleep in a box a box lid actually of a box that I have not finished unpacking in my closet, which is where I'm still recording because I hate it here. Hey, at least you have a chair now. I do have a chair now, so I'm not sitting on the floor. So it's a it's a step up, but mm-hmm. I am still in the closet, and Baker is asleep in a lid behind me. So if you hear weird bells in the background, that's because Baker woke up. But hopefully, as he is the good one, usually, of our two-cat duo, he will hopefully just sleep through all this and this warning will have been for naught. No, I think I think our re- I think our listeners would love to know that there's a cat behind you and imagine a cat in a lid because cats are adorable. He likes boxes. Yeah, we just well- got him. Uh, Greg just got him. Uh, uh, his his annual Baker has a bright future in engineering and demolition. He loves to <laughs> rip up cardboard. So Greg just got him his annual Halloween haunted house scratcher box. So. We'll probably have to get another one because once he builds this one, I don't think it's going to make it to Halloween because, like I said, Baker very much enjoys demolition. But that is that is in his future this weekend. That That's awesome. Um, so what are we talking about today other than your cats? Uh, we're talking about Vandervalk, which is back. <laughs> you sound so thrilled. I mean, I, I'm not going to be mad at people if they forgot that Vandervalk was Vander. I can say this. Vandervalk. Which, by the way, we've had like wide-ranging debates about whether the "der" in the middle should be capitalized or not. Um, apparently not. Yes, uh, traditionally it is not. But anyway, this is me saying sorry if you too forgot this show was coming back, because so did I. Um, the problem with this show um, is was the timing. Uh, it was one of uh, it was supposed to be one of the big. Uh, you know, uh, broad, you know, the big debuts of 2020 for Masterpiece along with Sanditon. I mean, apparently it's like a big deal that it's a remake of yes. this other show that I've never seen. Okay, so Vandervalk, the original, was uh, basically it was a show that ran for two seasons in the early 70s. And then it got, before we ever used the word reboot, it was sort of brought back. Um, but it was really kind of rebooted because literally the entire cast changed except for the lead actor. Um, and it ran two more seasons, and that was in the late 70s. And it was super popular in England. Um, the the theme song actually, like, went to number one. Wait, what? It has a theme song? It ha- oh, the original has a theme song. The new one does not use that theme song. Um, but it's also, like, a very early 70s soft rockish kind of thing that sounds a little 50s-ish. It's very of its time. Um, so I sort of understand why they didn't use it. And also, I don't understand why they didn't use it because it was, like, the big part of... It was, like, a big part of the Van Der Volk thing in the 70s. The 70s are such a weird time. I love them. 
the guy who played Vanderwalk, his name was Barry Foster. He was actually really into playing the character, and he actually got it brought back a third, a second time in the early '90s, about 20 years after, where he basically, like in in the way that we have now with these, you know. Uh, shows that come back and and it's 20 years later and that everybody's aged up it's the same sort of thing like except that again barry foster was the only one who came back for the third one he's literally the only character he's literally the only actor who's in all six of the original series so it's basically like it rebooted twice and recast everybody except him twice so this is sort of like the third reboot um except in this one because um, you know, we, at this point, we need a new cast um, and a new sensibility for the 21st century. Uh, Piet de Vandervalk is played uh, uh, by Mark Warren, who is kind of an odd choice because Mark Warren is one of those guys who gets cast as bad guys. Oh, yeah. He's a bad guy in literally everything. Like, if he is in your show, he is immediately a suspect. Yeah. And he here he plays the... The, the heroic lead and it's kind of a I, I i sort of get it it sort of turns him into an instant anti-hero but honestly i'm i i don't mind him he's cute he does the the stoic detective well but it's also uh, i honestly what happens is that job job clovers the 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 guy who's kind of the rookie on the team has sort of becomes the actual hero of the show because mark warren is so on he's he, so not the hero of the show if that makes sense even though he's the titular character um and that that's not a that's not the worst thing. I I think Elliot Barnes Worrell is really great as Clovers. I I really enjoy that character. I root for him far more than I root for just about anybody except maybe Hassel. Um, but yeah, it it definitely makes for a a, a bit of a strange dynamic compared to most of the other shows on the Masterpiece Mystery roster. It also sort of means that when when your when your titular hero is sort of a. a a, a cipher in this way and and sort of not somebody you root for it's 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 like i feel like this must have been what doctor who was like in the early 60s when the doctor wasn't actually the hero it was always the 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 male the handsome male companion and the doctor was kind of this weirdo who 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 drove the blue box um i don't think the problem is is that that Vanderwalk is necessarily an anti-hero. I just don't think he's necessarily anything. Like he's a dude that is there. Yeah, he's kind of a cipher. Other than he's sad about his wife dying, which took me a good while to remember was actually like a sort of inciting incident of his character. And he dates poorly. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like of, of like defining characteristics of him. He likes animals. I like animals. It's like the only thing that kind of makes him human. I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing that interesting about him as a person. So I don't really care if he solves mysteries or not. I do love Kluvers, though. Yeah. He's the only part of the show I just sort of unabashedly enjoy. Um, the other thing about the, as you mentioned, uh, the his sort of defining characteristic in this version of the series is that Arlette was killed, and that. This accident, uh, uh, basically, his boss, uh, Julia Dahlman, basically was was injured and now has mobility issues because of it. Um, Vandervalk himself is, you know, scarred by it and his wife died. Um, I find this really an odd choice because Arlette 
Vandervalk's wife was like a mainstay of the original series. Yes, she changed actresses every two years, but it, it like Vandervalk's home life was what sort of made him an interesting person. And by choosing to make him a tragic figure by killing off the wife and putting him on a houseboat instead, like it just, it's such, it, 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 it undermines the show in a way. Um, but then again, like the whole the whole endealment of how they've presented Vandervalk, I don't hate it. I just find it slightly puzzling and it makes it makes me wonder how many people really like this show because this sh- in comparison to almost all the other mysteries, this show feels very flat. Like every other one at least has some sort of spike to it. Like even guilt. Even Vienna Blood, which we didn't even cover this past year because I I nixed it. I said we're not we're not doing a podcast on on Vienna Blood. We're just not. Um, like even those have at least sort of a, a a spike to them that you can sort of hang on and you sort of understand why it's popular. This is just there. What's What's very weird is, as we all know, I'm not a a connoisseur of this genre, but. I did think that as far as like the the mystery of the premiere went, I thought it actually was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the sense that like I didn't guess it, it didn't telegraph all its twists. There were a lot of yeah, it's an hour and a half long, so there's definitely some pointless red herrings and just like scummy husbands and stuff. I'm not sure that we super needed, but I liked the way the mystery played out. I especially liked the the ending where I especially like the ending with the guy in the in the bomb vest that turned out to not be a real bomb but the police killed him anyway like I thought that was all very interesting but none of the people in the story except for Kluvers who of course like reads philosophers and speaks Latin because he's the best it it, like it's just I don't know like I feel like by the end of it I was supposed to be sort of really I don't know moved by like Vandervalk's standoff with this dude or his refusal to just like shoot him in the head and I don't know I just I didn't feel any of those things because this is not a character I have any particular feelings for which is it's just very weird to me that I am such a character forward not mystery forward person but all of these characters are just kind of like paper dolls that they've put in this story for the most part like the story was actually not terrible but no. I don't understand why they didn't have any actual characters in it. Um, I sort of knew that 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 um, so the the guy who turns out to be the 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 whodunit of this first mystery, Tony. Um, I recognized him. He was on Doctors for like fifteen years. Um, and like this is one of his first things since he left that series. And so I sort of guessed as the as the most recognizable actor in the group. I guessed immediately that he did it, but honestly, like if I if if I hadn't had that to go on, I probably would not have. I would have thought it was just about anybody else. Um, and in terms of like you know pulling off that sort of mystery, you know, Endeavor does that basically in every episode. Like that's their that's their thing. Is they they sort of the the one you didn't think did it is the guy who did it, and I thought this one was a well done version of that. Um, I didn't feel like, oh, you pulled somebody out of nowhere who we talked to exactly once, um, which is one of the big, like, 
issues that can happen when you sort of hide the person who did it up until the very end like that. I felt like it I felt like it was actually an earned person to be the 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 suspect and be the actual person who did it. Um I also I have to say I really loved the ending. I thought that the uh when when he, when the button hits the when they take the shot and he drops the stupid thing and it lands button down so it would have blown up anyway like i was just like and that's why you shouldn't have taken the shot but then the whole like uh confetti happened and i was like that's th- I, it was just a really gorgeous shot in general like this so show is really pretty, pretty. <laughs> jinx jinx you owe me a coke um it's it is i don't know if it's i've never been to amsterdam I have. So maybe it's just that, like, this is kind of travel, you know, wish fulfillment or something. But, like, every, like, you know what actually I think it is? I think it's because they actually film outside yes. and there's sunlight. Yes. So many of these mystery shows literally feel like they've been filmed in a stairwell mm-hmm. that you everything is, like, dark. It's hard to see what's going on. Like, the show is just really bright and colorful and interesting looking, which I think goes a long way. Yes, it it really does. Uh, the fact that they film outside is a big deal, but it's also part of the reason why we had such a problem getting a second season because this is not something where they could go into you know a cavernous studio and film under COVID protocols and call it done. Like they really truly had to go to Amsterdam to film it, so there was a real delay in getting the second season off the ground because travel restrictions had to lift, and then they had to abide by travel restrictions in order to get everybody there etc 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 um that being said i do actually think that's kind of worth it um even though it meant the show basically was off the air for two years i i think that filming in amsterdam filming in the streets of amsterdam and spending so much time outside and using natural light is one of the reasons that I do like watching the show, even if I sort of feel like the main character is the problem a lot of the time, um, because I don't care about him the way I know I'm supposed to. This show really expected me to be very invested in his hookup with that random lady he meets at a bar. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, to be fair, I know you haven't watched past the first episode. Um, that's actually going to be an ongoing thing. Like that's not a one time. In 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 season one, all of his hookups basically lasted an episode, and then he moved on because he was still sort of brokenhearted over the wife. Um, this is going to be a longer term sort of thing. Um, I don't that. I don't think that's a bad thing either. I think not having a partner for him is actually a really bad thing. I think killing our let off was not the right choice, honestly. But if we're going to at least if if we're going to at least get him like something to play off of, something to develop his character, something to make him more than just uh you know, the the strong silent type that sort of stares at everybody, uh, I'm I'm all for it. I guess I just I just don't care like there are characters that I feel like I you know watching them in a relationship would be interesting I just don't he feels like the worst boyfriend in the world and I don't I don't know it was just I'm I'm glad at least that poor woman is sticking around because the part at the end where she's like watching the Instagram live of the bomb situation and she's like gasping and squealing I'm like girl you hooked up with him one time no, twice. I guess twice. Twice, <laughs> but still. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you there. Um, I did... One of the other things I really liked 
the thing about the show is that even though Mark Warren sort of is the blank for me in this, and I don't even think that's his fault. I think that's I think he's playing what he's told, what he's what he's given. I, I don't I just don't think that's his fault. I really like everybody else. I love Lucienne. Um, she her running around and and literally clipping all the bombs was a great. Wait, okay, wait. Here's I have a question. I did love that she got to do that, and I I would. I was just sitting there watching that being like, does she actually have any knowledge of bomb defusal or are we just picking a color that we like and clipping it? No, she's supposed to actually know what she's doing. Like she oh, is supposed okay. to be a quiet badass. That did not come across. I was like, why would she know about bombs? Um, Because she was because she had bomb squad experience. Okay. And there, there's like a throwaway line that explains that. Um, but I, I really just love her character. Um, I, I, lo- I love her way more than I do Vandervalk. I also love DeVries because he's just such an idiot. <laughs> um, the guy, uh, the, the hot one, the, the, the hot, dumb one. Yeah, the hot, dumb one. I did think it was really funny slash terrible in, in the way that men failing upward is often funny slash terrible when he like has to go on the on the date on the on the fake date and he's like literally a child could do better than that (laughs) um he's like basically sitting there holding a sign that says hi i'm a cop (laughs) i it was so i i literally had to keep pausing that scene because i don't do very well with like super secondhand embarrassment and that just that's all that sequence was for just an incredibly long time <laughs> i'm sorry i actually i that that crack that stuff cracked me up and i i do not usually like humiliation but there is something about that that just i really amused the hell out of me um partly because you know the rest of them are all listening on the wire and he's just he's just so unable to keep himself from talking about all the things that he's not it's that it's that literal don't think about an elephant and all he can think about and talk about is the elephant um and i i I really liked that i also you know i think i really like the pathologist oh who's in a band um yeah no i don't think he's in a band i think he just plays the saxophone like he just goes to open mic night actually i would watch a show i would watch a show about that honestly (laughs) Um, he was super drunk last season, and this season they seem to have sort of sobered him up, and I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, he, he totally cracks me up, and he's, um, especially the way he kept swinging by and, like, freaking out DeVries. Like, that probably, to me, was one of my favorite scenes in general in the first episode, um, because it, you know... It wasn't a pretty scene the way that like the 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 confetti was, but it was the closest we've gotten to the group being a real group, you know, and really feeling like these guys are buddies who have worked together for a really long time, and and you really like them, and yeah, they, and they really like each other. Um, I I do have to say though that I don't know why they gave Emma Fielding that haircut. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 as one of the like major actors in this show, I mean, we've seen her in Les Mis, we've seen her in Unforgotten. Um, I'm sure I've seen her in other things that I'm not coming up with right off the top of my head. Those are just the ones I remember. Um, oh no, she was in Cranford. We ju- I just watched her in Cranford. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, I, 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 the moment she walked in with that haircut with, with, with Kluwers to the, uh, to the hearing, I was like, oh God, what did they do to her? That's so mean. <laughs> um, speaking of, I, a, I'll just, it's not a, it's not a great look. It's not super flattering or fashionable, but 
I really think it's interesting that one of the threads they decided to keep from last season was Kluver's needing to deal with the fact that he killed a dude. And then he does that and has some emotions about it and then do nothing after that. Like, I thought that was weird. Yeah, the 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 bringing up of the mother at the very end also sort of threw me like I was like, I I think because the way that it sort of ended on a cliffhanger at the end of season one with the whole Kluver's mom isn't real she's been dead for nine years and we have no idea why he pretends she's still alive like that's a real screwed up thing and apparently they've just been fine with it since then they're they're just sort of letting it go and waiting for it to, it's like... office goss now yeah it's a very that, that one was a very strange one for me well and also because if he's still like so like I don't think he deserves to be like prosecuted or anything. I actually, I think he did the best that he could in a bad situation and it sucks that he had to kill a dude. But also if he's like torn up enough about it to be like freaking out at the gym, why is he okay 20 minutes later? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, I, I have to admit there was definitely a little bit of a disconnect on that. Um, also, I, I don't know if uh, if, if you caught this, but I absolutely loved Poldark's Prudy with purple hair. That's why she looked familiar. Yep, that's pretty. I, I didn't bother to look it up because I, quite frankly, didn't care enough. But she did. Yes, she did look familiar. Yeah. Now yeah. I know why. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I don't know why I knew immediately that she wasn't it, even though she was sort of the other major star. Like, I think I just immediately was like, there's no way it's her. Like, it's too obvious to be her, I guess. Um, but I, I, I really, I love that actress. Um, I think she's great. And, you know, seeing her sort of show up and, and kind of hit on Vanderfolk and do that kind of like the best defense is offense kind of thing. When she saw that, like the guy she'd been, you know, shagging had died like literally hours later. Like, I really, I thought that scene was great. <laughs> I feel like, well, I guess they had to have her there so that there could be, you know, another option for the person that might be behind all the murders. But it, it was very but, obvious to me she wasn't from the beginning. Though, well, so. I also like the whole subplot of she was shagging the husband. No, the, dirt, the dirtbag husband. No, no, she wasn't shagging the dirtbag husband. She was shagging the dirtbag client. Oh, the dirtbag client. <laughs> well, wait. Okay, all these dirtbag men look too similar. No, no, no. I, 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 I totally agree. Um, the only reason that I know which one is which is that the dirtbag husband was the one that walked around naked, and the other one did not. I know, that's such a great way to like define people. I'm making a face here that I wish everyone could see. Um, I just didn't care. I, the other thing is, is that as much as, as I liked all the stuff at the end with Tony, do you actually believe Tony was intelligent enough to pull all that off? Because I do not. Um, Considering the way we sort of meet him and he's sort of like druggy dude whose wife like is clearly stepping the other guy and like really wants to like get away from him and like his kid is kind of like you know daddy and he's like oh right i have a kid um like that whole thing like i don't know i don't know if it, it, because of the I, I have to credit the writing on this one because the mystery unfolded the way it did i didn't question it but if i actually think about it no it doesn't actually make sense <laughs> mostly i was just like because I had told myself that part of the reason that Kluver's was was like keeping it together more was that this mystery had a lot of nerdy stuff in it. And he was really like into all the nerdy things like, you know, the 
the ethics pamphlets and the Latin and the Hieronymus Bosch paintings and all kind of, like I thought that was probably like he was hyper fixating on that to avoid being upset about the other thing. But I don't know if that's true or not because nothing ever happened there. But I do. I just like looking at it. I'm like that man does not know who Hieronymus Bosch is. I just, it's like that. Just, I don't know. It's just like a very heavy. Like it's like it feels like a very Hannibal Lecter esque kind of level of crime. And this guy's like Shaggy in the Mystery Machine. So <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I I'm side eyeing it a little. Like I get the motivation. I get like the grander point he's trying to make. I just do not think that this particular person would have chosen to like craft a giant scavenger hunt of ethics clues. Yeah, I I I, I can't argue with that. Nope, I don't think I can argue with that. The more I think about it, um, I I I will say that it didn't throw me so much though about the actual use of um, of 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 philosophy and nerdiness and you know, uh, Spinoza and all no, this. There's like so many mysteries that have that at the because it's it's all like Hannibal Lecter dudes. Like people love that. Well, no, because also I was thinking about like. In season one of Vanderwalk, which you may not remember because I know that you kind of have like I face- barely remember it. I just remember that Kluber's hit a dude in the face with like a frying pan or something at one point. I don't yeah. Yes, he did that in, he did that in episode three. And at one point he ran one over with a, a dumpster, which I also appreciated a lot. Um I don't remember if that was episode one or two, but he did definitely do that at one point. Um no, I was actually thinking about how in episode one there was all this stuff about art and the paintings and uh Amsterdam's big art um biggest art museum and how they they kept going back to that and how in the second episode there was this whole thing with medieval erotica and the third one was more like fashion industry and bloggers but it was still like artsy and like really like esoteric like you have to have knowledge of this thing to sort of understand the mystery that we're doing here and I feel like that is a connecting thing that the show is trying to do, that it's trying to basically make these sort of intellectual murders. Um, and I feel like that is probably its most masterpiece part, if that makes any sense. Like, in in if Masterpiece has given us a sort of a skewed idea of what kind of shows people in England watch, this... This show's bid to fit that mold is that all of these murders, all of the murders in Vandervalk are intellectual. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of that Tony guy like being like, how can I turn this woman into the representation of what was it? Plague and fire. And what was the third um, it, one? Uh, a flood. It's it's the plague of rats. It's the flood and it's the and it's the fire. The three things that Amsterdam survived. This is just like a lot of layers and knowledge for a character that I saw no indication that he possessed any of this knowledge. I mean, I guess Google is free, well, but also I think this is something that like because we're Americans, we don't get this. But this is Amsterdam City's history that they learn in a way that we learn about like the founding fathers. All right. Okay. The flag symbolism, maybe the Hieronymus Bosch. I'm I'm side eyeing. Well, no, because Hieronymus Bosch is kind of Hieronymus Bosch is literally like their biggest. Um, I mean, there's a freaking statue to him in the middle of the city. He's kind of like their big dude. Um, it, it in the way that we would like. I don't know. Claim Ben Franklin. 
Anyway, your big dude. You know what I mean? I'm not like he's he's one of their famous people. He's one of their claims to fame. Does that make sense? Like he's he's like their big philosopher, like the way that other people have like I don't know like Germans have have like Wagner. Like this is what Amsterdam. All right, I'll let you have this. (laughs) I'm still laughing though. No, I know, and like I I I. I get it, but also, like, I can kind of see where they're going with it, but I think as Americans, that's not something that's going to register. So I think that you're right in that most people are going to look at this and be like, that guy? Um, Because I don't think they're going to... Because I don't know how many masterpiece people really know about, like, you know, that kind of, like, philosophy and history. I mean, maybe do maybe a lot of people do know about Spinoza, but honestly, like, I actually learned some things about Spinoza in this in this episode. <laughs> that particular vertical in this episode I was not as, as knowledgeable on, but I was really into the Latin and the ethics and the... Of course you were. And the Hieronymus Bosch, <laughs> whose garden of earthly delights is inspiration for many things so um i i do wonder of all of the mysteries that have come back i i don't know why i don't know if this one i know this one has a season three coming but i'm i'm sort of having trouble wrecking seeing it as as a show that like people are really into you know, like, I have trouble seeing this getting a passionate following the way, say, I don't know, Grantchester has. I don't know. I think it's fi- I mean, as a show, it's fine. As a mystery, it's better than a lot of the things that you've made me watch. <laughs> but I think I really do think part of the problem is that when you have a show like a Grantchester or an Endeavor, like, people tend to glom on to that main character. And this main character is kind of off-putting and resists that. So I don't I don't know. Um, and I'm actually like this is one of those things where I really kind of like wish we had like I, I, I would really love to have like people email us and let us know like if you really love Van Der Valk, like, you know, talk to me about what it is that I'm missing with Mark Warren. <laughs> I think um, truly I think I think it's that I just suspect him to be bad. That's not his fault. He can't help it that he's been typecast. Um, but No, it's also that he like he's just as you put it he's off-putting and it's not like he's not somebody you root for and he's kind of a jerk um i mean he's what's funny to me is that the show really wants him the show really seems to want him to keep everyone at a distance like including the audience Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't i don't know why exactly like i don't know what larger purpose that's meant to be serving like what is it trying to say by doing that i have no idea but also i li- i think this is another big reason that i have like zero object permanence about this show like the minute it's not in front of me other than kluvers again who protected all costs is uh, like I, ju- I just immediately stop thinking about it the minute that it's not in front of me well, it's also, I think, because, um, you know, I've watched a few episodes of the original Vandervalk. Um, I had never watched it before this show came on. And I, um, it's not really on streaming anywhere, the old version. Um, and it's, uh, it never really played over here in a big way. Like, it's one of those things that sort of like, it, it showed up on local PBS stations, but never on the national schedule. Um, so it was, you know, it, it was one that I wasn't as familiar with. I'm just the the original Vandervalk was so 
like you you he was somebody you did root for and he was a warm person who like went home and had like you know glasses of wine with his wife and hung out by the fire and had a and, and was a, and was somebody who like had a good life and made you want to like watch him do things and he he was like almost like in in Grantchester where you glom on to you know originally uh James Norton and now um and 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 now uh, I've forgotten his name oh my gosh uh, Tom Brittany thank you Tom Brittany um like he was somebody who you just glommed on to and I could see why the show could easily come back twice with completely different casts as long as this guy was the center and I look at this version and I say to myself, "That's they didn't do that at all. And I don't understand why. Like, I would watch a show about Kluvers. I would, right? Like, not even, not. I would, I mean, I would probably still complain about it because I doubt that they would make a period drama called Kluvers. <laughs> but I, I think that as a character, he's much more interesting than pretty much anybody else on the show. Um, I don't know. I like Hassel. Um, I think that she, if she was given more freedom, I think there's a level where she's sort of too much sidekick. Yeah, I don't think she gets a lot to do. And because of that, these moments where she sort of does come in and save the day feel very, not unearned, but like, like they put them there because... I don't know. They decided that a girl was going to save the day or something. I don't know. It's very. Well, no, it's more like Vandervall couldn't save the day, so she's going to go do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, but I, you know, I, I just find this show to be perplexing to me. I'm, I, I, I really want to know why people love it because of the shows that, um, are sort of in my bottom, like, you know, like the, like, there's definitely top half mysteries that i really love like grantchester miss scarlet and the duke uh i do love endeavor and i did love morse and i did love lewis you know even though i know that they're problematic um you know the one this one is more to me like vienna blood like well it's not as bad as guilt nothing is bad as guilt um it it doesn't have all the anti-semitism that that vienna blood Right, right. Like there are so many, like, like there's so many things that ha- that this should have going for it, and yet I, I can't help but put it in the bottom half because Vandervolk just does not speak to me at all as a character. Like it's it's really just there. Yeah, and I think that's very unfortunate, especially because, well, for a lot of reasons. Because I don't think any should, any, I I don't think anybody should waste their time watching things that don't elicit some sort of response in them. I feel like. Even if something is terrible, like there can be value in watching it for the way that you respond to it. I literally have almost, again, except Kluvers, uh, have almost no reaction to this show at all, which is very unlike me. And it's just, I don't know. And the thing is, is that Masterpiece has such limited space. I'm kind of annoyed that this is taking a Sunday night slot that could go to somebody else that's better than this. Um, I, I will say there, there, there will be more Kluvers as the show goes on this season, which is probably like the 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 reason that I am as invested in this season as I am is that like there will be more Kluvers and there will in fact be a, a an extra Kluvers character, which I will not spoil here. Ooh, I will tell you though something that annoyed me. This is not about Kluvers. Is you should actually never buy pets for other people. That's actually really terrible. You should do not do this. You are committing somebody else to care for an animal for a lifetime. Like, do not do that. 
it's not cool. I understand why he does it, that he that, that, that the idea is he's supposed to know her so well that she'd never do it for herself, but she so desperately wants one. Like, I get that that's what it's supposed to be. But yeah, there was a moment where I was like, oh, you know. Oh, okay, well, and well. also, it just makes him look like such a loser. Like he can't, like he said earlier, like he can't even commit to a dog, but he can definitely commit his boss to a dog. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's just I actually just really hate when any media does that because it encourages people to do that in the real world. And don't do that. That's like something's life. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 as a pet owner, I would absolutely agree with you. The dog is cute, though. I will say that. Although he gave it a terrible name. <laughs> um, I will say that there are if you love Kluger's, there are reasons to keep watching for the rest of the season. And also, you know, that as I said, giving giving Vanderfalk a, a a sort of like love interest that spans all three episodes also helps. I think this means I'm gonna have to learn what her name is. Um, her I name didn't. is Lena. Lena, okay. <laughs> yes, and I look I I looked up. She's not. A, she doesn't actually have that many credits to her name. I was looking to see if she was like a major star in like um Amsterdam or something. Because there's a lot of Dutch actors and Dutch actresses in this series that are getting like you know serious like English credits by being on the show, and I think that's really cool. Um, I I I always think that like hiring from the country where you're working is is a good thing because it helps. Like instead of just bringing in all UK actors. Yeah, and then it's like, why do they all speak English, or why do they all speak with an English accent, or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just, I mean, that that's like the best thing I can say about this show. Really, is that it's it's there. It's not bad. Um, but it's not good. It it, it just. It's it's fine. It's it's fine. Is it also? I think a little bit because masterpiece has to fight for so many things and this is one that it because it's partially because it's partly producing it that it doesn't have to fight for this one probably probably i then i wish i wish we're making better funding choices i don't know like i just it's just i don't know i think of all of the stuff that's on not that like being on acorn or Brifox means that you're like languishing in obscurity or anything it's not the case at all we all have those streamers but like masterpiece is still like a big it's like primetime network tv and i think about like the exposure that some of these other shows could be getting from something like this and here's vanderbalk just being fine yeah um uh just to note um coming out uh literally like two days after vanderbalk is a suspect which is the james nesbitt um, oh, I don't trust James Nesbitt anymore after Bloodlands. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that uh, you know that that's an Eagle Eye drama show. Um, it's it's another remake of a Walter's Choice show that you can watch on Masterpiece. Oh my gosh, how many Walter's Choice shows are there? Right, like it's it's, it's like another never one, ending, and it's literally like by the same people who did Professor T, and it's even got like Ben Miller in it. Oh. This is not selling. This is not selling me on this no, no, show. no. But I just I I when I was writing up um, the suspect trailer, I said to myself, why isn't this on PBS? Why did this go to BritBox and PBS basically did all the other ones? And I was like, that's because Vanderbox in the way. 
And I just, I, and I, 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 I wondered to myself, is it, did we turn this down because we didn't have room? I don't, well, I would probably be like more upset about that if the quality of the American remakes of Walter's Choice shows was higher than I have seen it to be thus far. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but I just, I, I thought that was an interesting discovery to see like the first, the first Walter's Choice remake that didn't get to PBS. And I'm sort of curious why. I don't know. It is peak TV is rough out there, folks. For, yes, it really for is. For content producers as well as viewers. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I mean, you know, it, it, it's... There's a level where I almost wish that we would get through peak TV and there would be less of it just so I could, like, feel less bad about all the shows I miss. I, I, just, I don't know. Every time I'm like, let me get through this stack of screeners and I'll be back caught up. And they're like, nope, JK, here's some more Here- screeners. <laughs> Man, I Although, are... honestly, I realize how that sounds. Like, oh no, my diamond shoes are too tight. Let me watch these things early. But like it's just it's just like a never ending fire hose of things. Yeah. Which is why like I figured we would do Vanderwalk early because this way you only had to watch one episode. Because life is short. <laughs> Peak TV is fast, and I'd rather make you watch Sherwood. Oh, you know what? I will say one last thing about I I think that it, while I really did enjoy the overall mystery of this premiere, I do think that this is another show that does not need to be 90 minutes. I just, I don't. Like, it, it definitely goes by a little faster than some of the ones of this length we've had to watch recently. But since some of the stuff just doesn't seem to go anywhere, I'm like, think about how tight and and good this story could be if it was an hour. If you literally had to do the exercise of dropping half an hour of it, or even 15 minutes of it, like, how much tighter could this story be? It, it, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I also would point out that, especially in the in the uh, in the older episodes, all of those were much shorter, and there were six. Um, there were six episodes, or I think once there might have actually been twelve episodes. I think I think maybe one of them was like twelve. But by the time it like reached the '90s and you started and it, it started being like three to four like uh, feature length episodes. Well, I know that's the thing. I know that's the thing in like Mysteryland now is that everything is like a feature length installment, and you know it's why it's part of the reason I think Grantchester's so good is their episodes are an hour. Mm, no, I absolutely agree. Like you cannot you you. I think when you get to this point where where it's like, well, this has to be 90 minutes because that's how these stories are. Like you end up stuffing some things in there that you don't need. And the story could be better if it was not as long. I absolutely would agree with you. Um, It's why whenever I find 30 minute dramas, I'm always so impressed because it, it's almost like people hear drama and they assume they have to write a three act. No, it's six- these people that believe TV shows are like 10 hour movies. They're not 10 hour movies. It's a totally different format. I hate people who come the, I I understand that creators think this sounds cool that this makes them well, sound like if you're like, not going to make a thing no. for the format you're showing it in, like make it in the other format. Yeah. I hate people who come to press things and say, "Well, it's really a 6-hour, 8-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour movie." No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a television show. Embrace the television medium. It's actually, to be honest, it's, I think, my favorite thing about Disney Plus is that it really did sort of bring back the idea of episodic television to prestige TV. And I hope that more do. Well, sort of. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I agree. Like, I think the dude who made Andor was just out there the other day going on about how it was a movie. Yes, that it's a 24-hour movie. I almost screamed. Uh. 
no one wants this well because like i mean i'm just saying like use the the strengths of the medium that you're working in like Mm -hmm. actually tell a story like people i think have forgotten in a lot of ways how to tell the larger story inside a smaller story mm-hmm. like make the episode say something but make that episode be part of a larger piece that's the whole point of tv mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i i i don't know if i feel that vanderbilt should be 60 minutes it should be six you know hour-long episodes instead of 390 minutes or i don't know maybe four i don't know i don't because i don't think the show it's weird because when I look at something like Grantchester that is like six sixty minutes, mm-hmm. they actually try to do things with characters across the the breadth of that space. Mm-hmm. And I look at Vandervalk, and this is not inter- like very interested in doing anything with characters at all. Like they literally drop Kluver's arc like halfway through the episode. So I don't know. I don't know that that would do anything. Is that because they don't have space, or they don't, or they aren't, or they aren't interested? It's ninety minutes. <laughs> it's true if they should have the space yeah okay you know what i could have 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 done we could have cut the scene of of ms poldark shagging the sketchy dude <laughs> like did that provide anything no i, I it provided me prudy and purple hair <laughs> but yes i absolutely agree with you i thought i i can see where this could easily be 60 minutes i just don't know if i'd want vanderfalk to be a six by 60 um, I think I'd want it to be a three by 60. Yeah, I don't know. I would want it to be a slightly, if it was a six by 60, I would want it to be more like a Grandchester that has those sort of like, uh, that actually pays attention to the ongoing character stuff. And granted, I've only seen the premiere. Maybe they are going to deal with like this PTSD situation that Kluver seems to have, but maybe they're not. And that's kind of lame if they don't. I mean, they're the ones that brought it up. Hmm, true. Um, so yeah, I think that's our episode. Ah, <sighs> Vandervalk season premiere. <laughs> I think this is where I'm supposed to tell you that if you can't wait to find out everything else that happens on this season, the rest of it is currently available on PBS Passport it for is. members. Okay, I don't know. We are now in the we are now in my purgatory of mystery things. Oh come on, we're gonna have Leslie Manville. It won't be that bad. I know. I hope. I hope that I want that show to be good. We've got Joanna Froggett coming up. We've, we 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 got more Miss Scarlet. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. Mm, I'm gonna go watch the Serpent Queen screeners that showed up in my inbox. That's what I'm gonna do after this. But uh, for the moment, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and the very fuzzy bellies at Annie Bundle on Instagram. I am a staff writer here at Elite Daily and or not here at Elite Daily. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and at the associate associate editor here at Televisions. Yeah, and I also freelance around the web. Um, and honestly, like it, you know, we're about to hit October, and uh, I'm gonna be writing about like you know mystery stuff and um silly Halloween movies like Hocus Pocus two. So if you want to know what I wrote this week, just you know basically go to my uh Twitter and follow me there because I that's where I retweet all my violence. Thanks. Huzzah. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, but I too always tweet my bylines. So be my friend and see what I am writing about this week. If you would like to follow good boy Bakerloo, who has really behaved throughout this entire podcast, he's not, he and his brother are on Instagram at Baker and Hammer. 
If you want televisions and televisions only, the site and the pod are on social media at televisions blog, all one word on Facebook, and telly underscore visions on Twitter. If you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org for more news, recaps, listicles, general whining half the time, all sorts of stuff. And if you want to help us keep making more of it, there is a donut, donut. (laughs) I wish it would deliver you donuts, a donate button right up top. You can help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears. As I mentioned before, you can also get access to PBS Passport, which this fall will be your one-stop shop for... Lord knows, early access to, I think, all the big Masterpiece premieres, some special stuff that's not going to be on air, all manner of things. I don't know. I get emails about this, and I can't keep up with all of it, so check it out. It is fall, officially. Go get your pumpkin spice things, or, like me, start counting down the days till the gingerbread latte, which for some reason only lasts for a month, shows up at your local Starbucks. Go outside, enjoy the nice weather here in D.C. We are in the two-week period between Hell's Front Porch and Polar Vortex. So it's great for us and will soon be bad for us again. So thoughts and prayers. We will be back next week with more inanity. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll see you then.